from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Can the International Institute handle a wave this big? Primarily, I look at them as caseworkers to put the benefits in place for the families. $1,025 to use across a 90-day period. We should have known that the, there wouldn't be enough housing. They're coming from a Muslim country. So going to a casino was definitely not the ideal thing. I am very happy that the St. Louis community has stepped out and stepped up that much and had given and donated this much items. Um, but the problem is, is that those items had never been distributed. And he himself collected the goods because he knows, he kept saying over and over again, let's get these uh, resources out to families. I'm Sarah Fenske. In the last six weeks, at least 312 Afghan refugees have made their way to St. Louis. They're part of a wave that could grow to 500 this year alone as the U.S. government clears Afghans for resettlement. But for some Afghans, St. Louis has felt like a hard landing. The International Institute is sponsoring the Afghans here, and they confirm that most are still living in hotels. Finding houses and apartments large enough for Afghan families has been difficult for them. And even some families with more permanent housing find themselves in less than ideal circumstances. Our own Kayla Drake visited Sayed Safula Abdali yesterday at his family's new apartment in the city's Dutchtown neighborhood. And despite a flood of donations to the International Institute after the fall of Kabul, she found Sayed's family in a grim apartment, using a blanket for a rug and a futon with no seat cushions. Sayed has four kids, and the three boys now share a bed with a bad mattress. For my kids, uh, they're thinking about the home. They're uh, hungry about the home. Home is no good, and kids doesn't have the beds, and the small kids also because they're not uh, usual with this area, with this society. They can't go outside, also outside cold. And they're, uh, I think they're unhappy about this situation. Sayed said he'd already talked to his caseworker to find a different apartment for his family. But, he noted, his caseworker hasn't been nearly as responsive as a different, unrelated organization in town, House of Goods. That nonprofit was started by the Islamic Foundation of Greater St. Louis after the International Institute struggled to help a previous wave of Syrian refugees. Sayed told Kayla that House of Goods has come through in a big way. When we call, they are coming uh, fast and on time coming and bring the water, bring the pizza, bring the food, shoes. Yeah. yeah. So and the House of Goods were the ones who provided you with clothing and food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. More so yeah, than yeah. the National Institute. Yeah, we are happy uh, from the uh, that uh, House of God. We have to say the truth. But the international communication is uh, not bad. And Syed added this. We need more, uh, uh, more support and more uh, things for life because, you know, now is modern life. Uh, we have to be aware from all things that people help for us, for example, money, for example, things, furniture. 
And that is one Afghan refugee now in St. Louis with an apartment, and he says his family needs more. International Institute of St. Louis CEO Ario Benson talked to Kayla Drake last Friday. He said he's aware the organization needs more help to handle this wave of refugees and their needs. I'm going to be as clear as possible. The International Institute has never before seen managed this kind of this volume of arrivals. It's I I I I say to people that it's like preparing for for a hurricane, and and at one point we were preparing for it. At this point, we are in it, and and I'm treating this as almost an emergency. And in the context of that, I realized that we as an organization are stretched too thin in. Um, and I think we would do better if we coordinate efforts of, with other organizations. And that is International Institute CEO Ario Benson. Now, to that end, the International Institute is putting together a plan, a refugee command center. And joining us now is a representative from one of the St. Louis nonprofits it's teaming up with on the plan. That is Madeline Grusha. She's a family support coordinator and a volunteer with Welcome Neighbor STL. Madeline Grusha, welcome. Thank you. So, Madeline, Ario Benson described the situation as being in a hurricane. So many Afghans are arriving right now. It just feels like a state of emergency. Does that track with what you're seeing as Welcome Neighbor seeks to assist these families? Um, yes, we definitely are learning about the families that are arriving. And one by one, we are trying to provide support through family partnership. Um, as we meet them. So tell us just a little bit, what does this family partnership look like for these new Afghan arrivals? Well, it's something that we started when we met our Syrian friends five years ago. And for example, I've been a partner with my Syrian family for five years now. So what we're asking volunteers in the community to do is to be paired two to three to four volunteers for one family and provide wraparound support. The goal would be the day that they arrive, they are going to meet their American friends, and they will feel supported. They will not feel alone like some of our families are feeling. So um, as we learn of families, we're starting to um, start develop those friendships, and it's been such a wonderful experience for both sides. And those friendships, I mean, is this strictly um, to provide emotional support, or are you also trying to then run point on, hey, we need toothpaste? The, the family would then try to help them get toothpaste. We're doing both. So when our volunteers are meeting the family, um, that first time they do an intake, and they find out everything about the children, if they're in school, if they are, the names of the teachers, their birthdays, in order to share life together. Um, then we do prioritize their needs. What's missing? You need a washing machine. You need a you know, toothbrush, for example. That's where we create this list and we go out and try to meet the basic needs. But the ultimate goal is friendship, linking them to St. Louis and helping them feel better about the community that they're starting to resettle in. So Madeline, that sounds like a wonderful program and I'm so glad that Welcome Neighbor has stepped up to do that. Frankly, I think a lot of St. Louisans assume assumed that kind of intake is what the International Institute is doing. That hasn't been the case. I don't think that is their role. I mean, primarily, I look at them as caseworkers. They are responsible for the first 90 days to put the benefits in place for the families. But like Ari said, it's unprecedented. They've never had so many families arriving. Um, they have lost a staff. Um, when Ari started in February, um, it just happens when you have new leadership. 
um, it's going, people are going to leave. And and they'd also lost a lot of funding during the Trump years because refugees, uh, resettlements had, had just been stopped so dramatically. Completely stopped. Yeah. I mean, seven countries that were uh, primarily Muslim were not allowed in. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden, they're coming in because, you know, because of the situation in Afghanistan, that everybody has to step up to the plate. And so Ari, I find extremely optimistic. He's from Cameroon. He is an immigrant himself. So he has such a clear understanding of what the feeling could be like when you're starting a new life in a new country. So in just a moment, we'll meet um, a representative of another organization stepping up to fill those gaps here. But but real quickly, this Refugee Command Center, I know that this is still in its infant infancy. Uh, Welcome Neighbor STL and Oasis International met with the International Institute this week, drew up a memorandum of understanding. What's the idea there? Um, we met for the very first time on Tuesday to learn about the command center, but it really does make sense. We have House of Goods, Interna- um, Oasis International, Welcome Neighbor, and the International Institute all trying to help meet the needs of these families. And if we don't communicate, we're going to be duplicating services. So this is a way to share the information, the goods, the uh the resources that we are providing for a family, sending it to the command center, and the command center will tell us whether that's already been uh, done or not. And then just the communication piece is missing right now. And so it's going to begin through the command center that's based at the International Institute. Okay, so this will be additional communication for groups like yours that have, have sort of come up through the grassroots to try to help. Correct. So one of the other groups, and we heard about the work they're doing to help Syed's family earlier, um, this is House of Goods. They're part of the Islamic Foundation of Greater St. Louis, and we're joined today by Lisa Grzdanek. She's an outreach coordinator and task manager for House of Goods. Lisa, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So Lisa, House of Goods is not part of this command center at this point. You are working directly with these new refugees. How are they finding you? Um, How are they finding us? We through other Afghan families. We find the families by speaking out, to reaching out to the other Afghani families that we've helped previously or currently. And so Afghans in St. Louis know your organization. They're, they're happy to make that connection. Yes, absolutely. So how do you feel the International Institute is doing at this point with this new wave? Well, the organization that brought them here, um, they should have been a little bit more prepared. Um, us as the community, meaning the community, Welcome Neighbor, Oasis, House of Goods, we were prepared. We were prepared to, for them to arrive and us to meet their needs, their daily needs. Um, as far as the organization that brought them here, I don't believe that they were ready. So I was surprised when Kayla went to visit this apartment. This was in the city's Dutchtown neighborhood. You know, we all saw the pictures of the warehouses full of goods that St. Louisans had donated, and yet Syed's family didn't seem to have some of the basics. What do you think is going on there? So when I uh, took a tour at uh, the organization and uh, noticed how much um, goods that they had in their storage, it's a beautiful thing. I am very happy that the St. Louis community has stepped out and stepped up that much and had given and donated this much items. Um, But the problem is, is that those items had never been distributed. If they have that much storage and all these families are still in need of all these items, why are they still sitting there? 
Lisa, your organization doesn't get any federal funding. Absolutely not. That's the difference between all of the organizations. Um, I'm not 100% sure about um, OASIS or <clears throat> Welcome Neighbor. Um, but and Madeline is indicating okay. Welcome Neighbor does not right. get any federal funding right. either. We so. have never received any federal funding. We are strictly um, from the community. From the community, for the community. And so where is where are you getting the things that you're using to supply these families? We are getting them from our neighbors, from our community, from Welcome Neighbor, from Oasis, from our friends, from our families, um, our teammates at the Islamic Foundation, at House of Goods. Uh, we have been, they've all been stepping up and donating uh, a lot from food to hygiene products to their daily needs to their time to their services. A lot of the big um, trucking companies and groups out in uh, Islamic groups have, you know, stepped up and provided meals and the daily needs. And Madeline, it sounds like this is the same for your organization. This is just community members doing what they can with what they have. Exactly. I will want to say, though, that the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I did contact RA to say that I had 20 volunteers that were ready to go to their gym because we did know they were bursting with resources. RA on a Saturday with his two sons met us, and he himself collected the goods because he knows, he kept saying over and over again, let's get these uh, resources out to families. So, so he let your organization sort of go through that, figure out what the families needed, get it to them. <clears throat> exactly. But he just knows he's dependent on the other organizations to help um, meet the needs of the families. So there's some concern. Can the International Institute handle a wave this big? Um, Kayla Drake, um, our producer on this segment, she talked to Ari O'Benson directly about this. Here's an exchange between Ari, uh, the CEO of the International Institute, and Kayla Drake. Do you think the state and International Institute overcommitted for your capacity to resettle refugees? No, because we have the housing capacity. The time is the problem. The arrival time is a problem, right? When we committed, which was before Kabul collapsed, right, we made a capacity statement based on a protracted period of time. It was one year. Everybody thought... We knew the Afghans were coming, but we thought it would be spread over one uh, one year, essentially. And so you made this commitment before it was such an urgent yeah. situation. Exactly, exactly. And I think that there's even capacity for us to do more. That's the reality. And we're only going to be able to do more if we collaborate as a community, not as individual organizations. That is Ario Benson, the CEO of the International Institute. And we're talking today to two organizations that are working to fill some of the gaps as Afghan refugees are being resettled in St. Louis. That includes Lisa Gerzdanek. She's the outreach coordinator for House of Goods. And also Madeline Grusha of Welcome Neighbor STL. She's the family support coordinator there. We do need to take a quick break, but we're going to come back shortly to continue this conversation. And we'll specifically talk about the housing piece of this. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public. Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com. 
And now back to our conversation. Our guests today are Madeline Grusha, who's with Welcome Neighbor STL, and Lisa Gerzdanik, who's with House of Goods. Those are two organizations working to help the wave of Afghan refugees now being settled here. And one of the big concerns for this wave, and frankly for past waves of refugees, has been housing. Uh, Madeline, I know your organization was actually founded in part because some of the Syrians being resettled here were in subpar housing. These were um, situations where there were roaches and they were in an unsafe neighborhood. I know at this point a lot of people are still in hotels, but of those who've been settled in houses, do you feel like we're looking at better housing situations from what you've seen? Uh, the positive note to that is that the Hodiamont complex where the institute was sending people, because it was affordable and they had more rooms for families, mm-hmm. um, they are not using Hodiamont anymore. So that is um, a step in the right direction. I would think housing is going to be the largest uh concern and issue that our community has because every family only receives $1,025 to use across a 90-day period per individual. But that's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money when you use that for household household goods and rent and utilities and um, food. Um, It goes very quickly. So there is a lot of money, I think, flowing in that if we could possibly supplement some of that money so that we could um, branch families out into the county where there is more housing is an opinion or in an opinion or an idea that I had, but we really do need to focus more on housing. Uh, Lisa, do you have concerns about the housing situation at this point with what you're seeing with the 300 or so Afghans that are here? Well, I can say that um, the housing, which in the state of Missouri with no evictions and everything else and with the holidays coming and they stop evictions at that time, at the, we should have known better. We should have known that the, there wouldn't be enough housing. Um, we, uh, we worked with the Syrians when they arrived and they were in Hodi Amount. We actually furnished every single one of their homes. Um, I was there so many times that they thought I rented my own apartment there. Um, But the apartments and the living conditions, we should have known better. So the International Institute says they are finding apartments, but they understand that they can't find them as fast as this wave is coming. And the CEO, that again is Ario Benson, and he came in uh, just in February, starting as the CEO of this organization. He shared with our producer, Kayla Drake, about trying to find a solution to this. We've had so many meetings around this. We're, we're talking to realtors, we're talking to property managers, we're talking to um, um, construction companies. We're talking to anybody that can help us be able to provide answers. And Ari also shared this idea. If we could find a property management company that could give us in one location 20 to 30 apartments, that may be ideal for us where we can collaborate with them to secure this for a six-month or one-year period so that we can put in people there and and move them out as needed. So, yeah, Ari has this idea about one complex that uh, that would have room for a whole bunch of people. He says there's benefits to this idea. That way they could avoid people staying in hotels for a long time. They could create community within this group of Afghan refugees, and they could provide wraparound services easily. Frankly, for these caseworkers at the International Institute, they are running around all over town. This would be a great idea. The problem is it would just need somebody with this kind of space to come through. Madeline, at this point, are you and Welcome Neighbor dealing with people who are just stuck in hotel rooms. 
We personally are not working with the families in the hotels. Oasis has been wonderful about going there to try to match volunteers to support them. And I know that House of Goods have gone practically every single day to provide day. I was there yesterday. shoes and food. <laughs> Into and these hotel everything. rooms. Yes, I was there right. yesterday at Extended Inn, visiting with the families, dropping off water, fruits, um, snacks for the children, visiting with the families, taking our time out and visiting with the families. So Ari O'Benson had originally told the Post-Dispatch they hoped to get people out of hotels in three to five days. When he talked to Kayla, he was saying he hoped to get people out within a month. That seems like a long time to be stuck in a hotel. And these are nice hotels. I don't want to get that wrong, but being in a hotel is hard. Are these families getting frustrated, Lisa? These families are very frustrated. These families are beyond frustrated. Um, any of the families that you would speak to, they would rather be back at the military base, to be honest uh-huh. with you. Um, when they arrived here in St. Louis um, and they were placed in the hotels, we'll go to Hollywood Casino. When the organization brought them here and took them to Hollywood Casino, first of all, they're coming from Afghanistan. They're coming from a Muslim country. So going to a casino was definitely not the ideal thing. Mm-hmm. Moving them out of the casino was a great idea. Um, when our team showed up as they were being trying to be moved out of the casino, they didn't want to leave because they weren't sure what was going on at this point. There was just not enough communication there with There wasn't a communication. Um, the women and the children were scared. They didn't want to pack their bags. Mm-hmm. Um, our team from House of Goods... We were there as all this was going on. We ensured every family that we would be there with them all the way till they get their dinner at night. They would move to the, you know, the extended inn and that we would be there with them. Us as Muslims, we communicate and we understand each other a little bit better. Um, When they see the Muslim community showing up and ensuring that everything was gonna be okay and we were going to walk and be there with them for every step of the way, even after they move out of these hotels, they feel a lot better about it. That feels like a really important step. It's a very important step because in the world of, um, in Afghanistan, the things that we've seen here in America, they've never seen this stuff before. So they've never witnessed alcohol or say prostitution or gambling or whatever the case could be. They're not used to seeing that. And them seeing that the Muslim community here in the United States and St. Louis, Missouri exists and that we can step up and step, you know, step up and help these families, they're extremely excited, as um, the gentleman had stated earlier. So that's huge. And and we've been talking a lot about some of the problems um, in this resettlement. But I think the, the flip side of that is that organizations like House of Goods has been there and you've been there and as you said we have stay all the way to dinner we have been there every day um since we heard about um the refugees inside of the hotels traveling our team has been traveling uh from all three hotels uh all all day and night um jamal he has worked uh, one day 19 hours from traveling to buying goods to traveling to one hotel trying to meet one hotel's needs and then traveling to the next and the next because they're all three not centrally located together.
they're all spread out. Yes. And Madeline, your organization also there trying to help where you can. Yeah, I think the next solution after House of Goods providing those basic needs that they need is the relationship with the St. Louisan. Mm-hmm. And so if every single person that arrives, family or individual, is paired with at least one American volunteer, imagine they, they won't feel that they're alone here, um, that that relationship can begin and needs can be met. And they can link them um, to our community. I'm glad you're bringing it back to these family partnerships. We actually heard from Kendra who tweets, it's so frustrating to hear that these families don't have sufficient furniture. I called a few weeks ago to donate good quality and they, meaning the International Institute, refused. How can we connect with the families directly? Is there a place to see a list of needs? And I want to ask each of you about this. Madeline, you're really touting this family program. Could you use St. Louis families at this point to step up and volunteer for these partnerships? Absolutely, because if we're looking at 300 people coming here, I'm not sure if it's families or individuals. Individuals, Maybe individuals. at this point, but more individuals are coming. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Oasis and um, Welcome Neighbor definitely needs volunteers to pair with the family. And once you identify the needs, we have lots of contacts ourselves with um, the community to bring in um, bunk beds that are needed or um what, whatever. So when whatever. people get that list from them, it's not like they're on their own and have to go out and, and buy all these things. They can coordinate with you, with the organization to help figure out who can help us get this for the family. Absolutely. And it, it is happening. House of Goods has been bringing it in. Oasis has bring, been bringing it in. But if there are families that are sitting there with a lot of unmet needs, that's where the family partnership can come in and fill those gaps. And it's happening right now. I mean, yesterday I visited four families, and they are so excited about having uh, American friends to start life with. So, Madeline, if people want to get involved in this, what's the best way for them to make contact with Welcome Neighbor? They would start by going to our website, which is welcomeneighborstl.org. Uh, scroll down to where it says volunteers and um, sign up. Uh, check the box that says family partnering. We will send you two waivers from Welcome Neighbor. You will need a background check, which costs $20. We have an orientation that we will put you through, um, which is fairly quick. And then we will start partnering with uh, the volunteer and two to three other volunteers to start that wraparound support. So, Lisa, I also would love to hear how we can help House of Goods. It's been so clear from hearing you talk today that you guys are doing so much on the ground. How can we help? Okay. Um, volunteers are great. We have um, a, our warehouse. We have families because with Welcome Neighbor is a little different than House of Goods. Our warehouse is set up for not just the refugees, but the St. Louis community, um, the people that are in need in the St. Louis community. Um, to come and get furniture and hygiene products and clothing and food and their daily needs. So we need volunteers and our emergency list uh, because, as we all know, we're going to be receiving a lot more uh, families and uh, people here in the St. Louis area. Um, Anything from a water tea kettle to snacks for the children, water bottles, um, dry foods, rice, flour, sugar, oil. Uh, winter coats, winter boots, hats, gloves, socks. Get that to you guys directly. Yes. And what's the best way to do that? Just find House of Goods? And- uh, the best way to do that is you can go to our Facebook page. You can look at uh, look us up at House of Goods. 
And then uh, our address is 5911 Southwest Avenue. Okay, and we will get all that information onto, we have a a post on our website right now about this conversation. We're going to update that after the show with all these details. I know there's a lot of St. Louisans who want to help, and we'll get that. That's on our website, stlonair.show. Something else we heard, uh, Dennis uh, was resettled in St. Louis as a refugee from Bosnia back in 1996. And he writes on Twitter, people want to help but don't know how. Here is one important way. These kids will be in school with your kids. Tell your kids to be their champion and befriend them. Share the American culture with them and learn about theirs. Kids that did that for me are my best friends 25 years later. So it's not just about giving stuff, although that's very important and we want to encourage people to do that, but also these friendships. This is going to be huge for helping these people find their way in a new life. Exactly. I mean, five years ago, I met the, I won't say their name, but the Syrian family, and I can't let them go. I mean, we're friends now um, and, you know, indefinitely. So um, that's the beauty of the, the friendship. So, Lisa, I want to bring it back to you in our final couple minutes here. This has been some very long days for you and for people at House of Goods, and this wave doesn't seem to be slowing anytime soon. How are you hanging in there uh, with all these hours and so many families that seem to need things very urgently? Uh, First of all, thank God we have a large um, amount of volunteers, um, a very large community that has stepped up our team uh, inside of our office. We all work around the clock. Uh, we're all, we work as a team. We communicate with one another. And when we find families that are in need, all we have to do is reach out on social media, and it will be done within minutes. People are responding that quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. We needed shoes. Uh, I went um, on Black Friday, we went shoe shopping. As a whole nother team of volunteers, they um, had donations that were given. They went out and bought a whole lot of shoes, about 120 pairs of winter boots, and they went themselves and and purchased all of these boots. So our community, I wanna say thank you to our St. Louis community. Uh, The Muslim community has really Uh, helped out a whole lot. And St. Louis as the community as a whole, they've all stepped up and stepped out and we're ready. So Lisa, I know you've had some real frustrations with this overall situation, but it sounds like there are some things that that you still feel good about this. Absolutely. Um, I feel very good as long as we can all communicate. That's what we're lacking, communication. As Madeline explained earlier, is we have to communicate the partnerships between within. We have to communicate what this family needs and what they already have. What's not a daily need and what's just they want. That's a difference. And as the families are arriving, we need to make sure that they feel welcomed and that they have what they need, their daily needs, food, drink, um, their clothing for their children and for themselves. Are you open to joining the Refugee Command Center? I am open, uh, very open to... um, joining the command center as long as the communication is there. The communication has to be there. Um, That's lacked for a long time, even before this whole um, Afghans uh, started arriving. This happened years ago. Um, So this is nothing new, the lack of communication, but we have to start changing now. This is 2021, we'll be in 2022 very soon. We have to start with the change and we have to start communicating properly. Well, Lisa Gerstanek, Outreach Coordinator and Task Manager for House of Goods, thank you. 
And uh, Madeline Grusha, you feel some hope right now. I'm feeling very hopeful. I'm so glad Lisa said that. We need House of Goods at the table. The command, the command center cannot function without the House of Goods piece. And I'm feeling much more positive because communication will be the key to the command center. Well, Madeline Grusha, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And Madeline is uh, the Family Support Coordinator for Welcome Neighbor STL. Again, we're going to get all those details on our website for those who want to pitch in on this effort. Your support is absolutely needed. You can get involved with helping both House of Goods as well as Welcome Neighbor STL. stlonair.show for more details. This episode was produced by Kayla Drake with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. It was mixed and edited by Aaron. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.